Hello, welcome to Beauty Guides Podcast. You can find us at Beauty Guides Podcast on Instagram and the TikTok. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator, and you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey's Aesthetics. I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren H. Beauty Vibes. Today's topic is, do you need a toner? Hi friends, welcome back. Hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving. Hi Lauren, how are you? I'm good. Um, I wanted to start the episode <laughs> off with telling you about this gnarly hormonal pimple that I just had to pop. Oh, okay. And I definitely made a gaping hole in it. I know better, but I do not always do better. <laughs> so I want the world to know that. Know my shame. But the current cocktail that I have on right now is the Hero Cosmetics. It's, I think it's called You Picked Your Face Now What? And then I put on the Sunday Riley Saturn Softer Spot Treatment mm -hmm. and a little layer of Aquaphor over top of it, kind of to make like a mini mask and a barrier for it all to lay underneath. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I love that. Tell me about the Hero Cosmetics you picked your face now. What? What is that? Is oh, let me see. Okay, oh, okay. I have it right. I have it right here. It helps if I look at it. So it says it's called Rescue Bomb Post Blemish Recovery Cream. Okay, so, so it's it's like a cream base or a serum or it uh, it is. It's in the same kind of bottle as the um, Saturn Sulfur Treatment okay. by Sunday Riley, and it says that it has panthenol, beta glucon, and oligopeptides in it. Oligopeptides, yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So those are all like wound healing. Um, so those aren't going to do anything. Good, good. Yeah. Those aren't going to do anything to like kill the bacteria, but if you've already popped it at that point, you just kind of need to focus on jumpstarting that healing process. <sighs> yes, ma'am. Um, ma um <laughs> mm. I, um, I developed some chin acne recently. Um, and I've been back to putting my chafing gel over top of that area because I, so we wear masks, um, full time at my job. I don't, I know everybody's all over the place with masking these days, but at my job, we wear them full time. So for me, the biggest thing, um, wearing a mask with that acne is just covering that up. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, we have an episode all about maskne if you want more of Kelsey's tips, but I like your little cocktail you made because it's like, you're healing it, you're treating it, and then you're kind of protecting it from spreading or anything, touching it and sort of just treating it like a wound. I like that. Yes. And a big reason why I had to put the aquaphor on top of it mm -hmm. is because it's already a open wound. Yeah. So the actual products don't want to stick to it, which oh. is such a sad face thing, okay. you know, well, but I do want to say, uh, yeah, please listen to Kelsey's mask me episode. And also when I was traveling to Maryland last week, I um, used the Dermalogica product that you recommend under the mask. And I was religious about it because that stuff works. It's just about, you know, you have to be disciplined and you have to remember this stuff and skincare sometimes takes work, but you know, it's worth it in the end. 
Oh, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. So putting the aquaphor over that. So traditionally, I would not recommend putting aquaphor over top of like on the skin. I think it's called like mm-hmm. slugging is what some people do. Um, and yeah. I don't traditionally recommend that because aquaphor is what's known as an occlusive, which um, basically it creates a barrier. But in this situation where you have that open wound um, in your face, your skin barrier is gone. So you need that artificial barrier over top of it to protect it. Woohoo! I have learned so much from even just doing this podcast. <laughs> so that was that was my little thought process going through my brain, and I was like, okay, either Kelsey's gonna be like, "What you're doing is shit," or she's gonna be like, "Hey, that kind of works." <laughs> you know what's funny is I feel like every single episode I learn something. So that's why I love doing it. And that's definitely why we continue to do it as well. It's fun. Like there will come a point maybe where we just won't learn anything anymore and then we'll stop. But I don't see that coming for a very long time because I mean, it's been almost a year and I still learn every time. Yeah. And we're both such nerds that love to like dig for knowledge. So I don't see us really giving up anything. We'll just move on to something newer and weirder and it'll just get more bizarre from there. Yeah, (laughs) Like when people ask like, what are your hobbies? Like I instantly blank out. But I realized as an adult, like my hobbies are learning. I want to learn about everything and anything. And so whether that's like reading or a documentary or researching on the Internet, I like to learn. That's my hobby. I like that. That's cool. Um, You should never stop learning. I won't ever stop. But Mm -hmm. I have a recommendation for you. So Mm -hmm. two weeks ago, Aaron and I – so I guess it was Halloween weekend. Yeah. We went and saw Ghostbusters in theater, um, the new Ghostbusters movie with Paul Rudd. It was so good. So Mm -hmm. it is – it's supposed to be a continuation of the original Ghostbusters from the 80s. So like the Bill Murray Ghostbusters. So Mm -hmm. the story is one of the guys from the Ghostbusters, the one with the glasses, he has passed away. And his wife and I'm sorry, his daughter and her two kids, so his grandkids, um, inherit his old farmhouse with all the old equipment in it and everything. And it's in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And Paul Rudd is the nerdy science teacher. And they're like trying to solve a mystery about what's going on in this town because there's some spooky stuff happening. And like, why was that guy from the Ghostbusters there? Um, So much fun. It's definitely like it's like. A movie for adults and kids, like half of the audience was kids and half of them were adults. Oh, my God. We had the most high teenagers sit next to us and I was just laughing at them the whole time. <laughs> and then, were they enjoying it? <laughs> well, they all fell asleep as soon as the movie started. But before the – I know, right? I know. But it, before the movie, we were like talking to them because it was four of them and they had like a giant blanket. And I'm like, bro, where would you get that blanket? And like – and so we were just yeah. chatting with them and it was so funny. I was like, oh, to be a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Okay, oh. but how did um Paul Rudd's look oh it looked amazing sexiest man alive or whatever sexiest man of the year or whatever um he's he's so funny because he is just kind of in his element in this movie like kind of nerdy like doesn't realize he's really cute and hunky just Mm -hmm. like trying to be funny like it's just it's classic paul rudd classic paul rudd just like exactly how you want paul rudd they did a lot of stuff to pay homage to the original um yeah so and they didn't really try and like So sometimes when they update movies, they take, like, the original monsters and then they, like, computer animate them and they just kind of lose that. They really Mm -hmm. didn't do too much of that. I thought they did a really good job of not changing it too much. It felt felt really good. 
Um, yeah, because we're very committed to the way those characters look. Right, it, right. In our minds, as, like, as kids growing up. Did um did Bill Murray make any cameo appearances? Oh, do you want the- me to spoil it for you? Go for it. Yes, there was a great, um, a great Bill Murray at the end. Bill Murray came with the... Um, yeah, it was good. It was it was like perfect. His, his every everyone in Charleston has a Bill Murray story, and I'm just waiting for my time. Your time, impatient. It, yeah, waiting for my time impatiently. Oh, okay, well, you know, but, you just have to wait for the right time. You can't rush it. Yeah, it's been like three years, but <laughs> it's fine. It'll be perfect when it happens. <laughs> well, um, I know it's kind of past spooky season, but if anyone wants to see Ghostbusters, um, it was it was a good time. All right. I wanted to mention that I saw on Instagram today that they put a new filter on for Glow the Unicorn, and she is one of my favorite accounts. She's an animated <laughs> unicorn oh. who's like a, a cute little um, okay. boss fetch. Yeah, so check it out and follow Glow. She always puts me in a good mood. It's just like silly, nonsense fun, and she kind of like motivates you, and she's real cheeky and bougie. So I saw you wrote like Glow the Unicorn. I'm like, I have no idea who that is, but now oh. I know exactly. It's the little animated unicorn stuff that you share. Yeah, I just yes. think he's so cute. Yes, <laughs> okay. There's a, now gonna... there's a filter where you can be the unicorn. And I was like, all right, Glow, you've made it. Like, this okay. is great. <laughs> cute. All right, I'm going to follow her right now. I just looked her up. That's very cute. Yes. Um. It. So I bought a bunch of ColourPop stuff. <laughs> yes. We talked about that. Yeah. I've been slowly trying it. It started off great. I was, like, really impressed by the yellow color sticks that mm-hmm. I got. Um. I started playing with uh, some of the neutral quads, and mm. I'm just so spoiled. I use Vizart eyeshadows, mm. and they really are, like, the creme de la creme. Like, I thought, like, the, the nude mood palette, I felt like that formulation is really nice for blending, but I feel like the quads that they have of all of their nudes, it's kind of difficult to blend. Interesting. So you think it's a different formula just from your experience? I do, or maybe they have to press it a different way mm-hmm. for that type of quad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very pigmented, it's very pretty, but it's it's. I'm just saying for the price, I can see a difference, and okay. that's okay. I just got it for myself to play with, but um, yeah. So kind of I mean, seeing that, but you went in on those quads too. Oh that's, my god, that's kind of disappointing because you bought like eight of them. <laughs> Dude, I bought so many, but I I bought them for the purpose of training my eye more for color in nudes because I felt like I fell in love with nudes last year and I was just like, oh, thinking like neutral tone nudes, like because I had a nude neutral matte palette from Vizart. And then I started realizing once, you know, I got into it that there's so many different undertones of nudes and types of nudes and you know so now I'm all in and I really like how they're organized so I'm I just learn best by taking quiet time to myself and like playing that's usually how my brain likes to do it so it'll be good for like it's almost like arts and crafts for kids like this is my teenage this is my teenage art kit set yeah. You got yeah. um other stuff in your order. Have you had time to play around with like did you get any of the super shock shadows or oh you got a jelly thing. Did have you played with that yet? I did. I haven't played with the jelly thing. I've been waiting on that. Um the super shock shadows 
They're interesting. I haven't really figured them out because you yeah. can't really put them on with a brush. It's good with your fingers, but mm-hmm. to me, it's a little too sheer and glittery and doesn't pack enough punch. It, it, it's just, so, it, it misses it for me. Yeah. So I have a couple of the super shocks and it's, it's tricky because to me, I have to lay down a base because if I don't lay down a base, they won't, they'll just, everything creases in my eyes. It'll go over the place. Yeah. But it, then. It's a really weird medium because yeah. you don't know if you should add powder on top, but it yeah. also moves and yeah. you don't, but you feel like the powder will mess up the formula. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but it's, it's, it's very different. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Cause I'm like, I'm interested in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. use, um, the Mac paint pot as my base. And then mm-hmm. I find with the um, the super shock, it's better to swipe them with a finger as opposed to press them on. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to like tapping on with a finger, um, but mm-hmm. I found to get the pigment that I want, I really have to swipe these, mm-hmm. which I don't traditionally do. But I have a gold one called – it's called like Flower Child or something. Um, and I like that one for like just kind of like a one shadow, lazy, but it's like a gold, um, glittery – kind of shade to it um but I do have to use a base with them and I do have to swipe it and then I generally don't do anything else I may take a brush with nothing on it and blend the crease just to diffuse Mm -hmm. it a little bit but Mm -hmm. I don't set with powder or anything like that and I found it doesn't move or do anything else as long as I use that paint pot underneath Oh, I do agree with you too about the swiping motion. The rid- right. the other way, patting it isn't really going to work, and you can't put it on right. with a brush. You need your finger. But I do have it also in um, a highlight former uh, formula, mm. like a pearlescent, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a really, really good product for that area. Yeah. Just to because it, it really like pushes into the skin and looks like skin, which is what you want with a highlight. Yeah, actually, um, super shock shadows were kind of what pushed me to want to explore shadow sticks and that formula. Mm. And now I'm like a diehard eyeshadow stick fan. Um, yeah. But I – oh, the other thing with the Super Shock Shadows, they do expire. Like, you do have to keep them pretty sealed because they are that kind of cream formula. Yeah, they definitely yeah. are. That's why I haven't tried the metallic one yet, the lavender, mm. um, because I'm like, that's like – it's not going to last very long. I know mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want you to get a duochrome from – or a multi-chrome from that company I got them from, JD Glow. Oh, yeah, I should. I mean, it was like $8 for a pretty good size pan of a multi-chrome. And I just feel like I never need anything else ever again. I'm good. Yeah, I definitely would love to look at some of like the more opal like shades Mm -hmm. and stuff. Because I looked at the website. It was really, really pretty. It's really pretty. and It's almost overwhelming. So I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, pick two. And if you like them, you can get more. But just start here. And so that's what I did. That's good control, Kelsey. Thank you. I, 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 it took a long time to get this control. I was not always so much in control. Oh, here you are. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Should we talk about the movie we both watched? Um, speaking we of, totally should. Speaking of control and makeup, um, so <laughs> Lauren had texted me one night. She was watching The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to watch this movie." Um, so it was really good. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but a few things I want to talk about. So I found an article by Kathy Whitlock from the Hollywood reporter, reporter.com. 
um, that talks about the makeup artist. Um, so the makeup he- the head of the makeup department was Linda Dowds, and she researched a ton of footage and interviews. And she said Tammy Th- Faye thought she looked good and didn't understand why people made fun of her makeup. It really made her happy, and when she felt low, she just added more. Um, Tammy Faye would put on mascara over her false eyelashes and then sleep in them and not wash her face. And in the morning, she would just add new ones. And of course, she slept in those lashes. Of course she did. Um, Okay. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know Tammy Faye, who we're talking about, um, she was like an iconic um, singer mm-hmm. of Christian music, mm-hmm. and she ended up marrying a man who built this insane empire of um, a Christianity channel, TV channel that broadcasted sermons all day. And while he did a lot of evil, Tammy Faye was his counterpart, and all this woman wanted to do was just sing and mm-hmm. spread the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And she wore this makeup mm-hmm. that, like Kelsey is saying, you can tell she just was pounding on the layers of makeup, and she was known for it, and she was known for crying, and she was known for having these big, gigantic eyelashes yeah. with clumpy black mascara, uh-huh. and it would be coming down her face, and very much like clown yeah. makeup. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny, because I remember they showed um, her, and that's like my childhood memory of her, is in like the red blazer doing the interview outside the courtroom. And being like, it's not over till it's over. And I just remember being like, what is wrong with this woman's, like, her lashes? Why do they look like that? Um, But the other thing I really liked about Tammy Faye, which they kind of touched on in the movie, was that she, um, it was very common in the church, and I'm today still, to not really support the gay community. Um, And particularly during that time when AIDS came onto the scene, there was a lot of stigma about AIDS. And she was very much a component of or proponent of that, you know, we're all God's children. You got to love everybody. We're not here to judge. We're just here to love. Mm -hmm. And um, that got her a lot of hate within her own community, but a lot of love from the gay community. Yeah. So do you, what do you think of Tammy Faye? Do you think that she's just as guilty in everything that went down. I don't know. Okay. So, okay. So also for people that are listening. So we watched the movie, the eyes of Tammy Faye, and it's all about the rise and the downfall mm-hmm. of Tammy. And so yeah. she got married at a very young age and there are mm-hmm. speculation that her husband is a, is maybe gay. Yeah. They don't say it, but they speculate. But, mm-hmm. um, he, so they had kind of like an estranged marriage like that. Like it was mm-hmm. not, you know, your typical, like loving yeah. we're together all the time, um, thing, but he had these big dreams and goals and he would not stop at anything. And he also was not honest with her. And it was yeah. also at a time in like the fifties and sixties where, you know, maybe the woman didn't, wasn't expected to know everything with finances, right. Right. but he was never paying the bills. And he was asking, they were these big people on TV and every Sunday they'd come on and sing songs and ask for your donations to build these Mm -hmm. mega churches. And I'm sure they did do, you know, some Christian acts in Mm -hmm. the meantime, but basically 
he stole all their money and they didn't pay their bills. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. He was taking funds that were being donated to the church as yeah. personal funds, as income, as salary, things like that. Um, it gets a little tricky with taxes and things like that when you're involved with things with the church. Um, but essentially, they built an empire, um, but their like sole source of income was donations from people. It was like mm-hmm. those telethon, tel- you know, where they would be yep. on TV all day and then you had this group of people sitting at phones calling. So I was going to say exactly what you said, which is I think women during that time did not get involved in the finances. I, mm-hmm. I really, it was not their place um, to know about it. It wasn't something they did. They didn't ask questions. They didn't do any of that. And so I think for her not knowing what was going on financially in 60s, 70s, 80s, I think that's pretty mm-hmm. normal, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if it was today and you didn't know what was going on with your finances, then I would side eye you. Um, but I think during, I think she, I think during that time for her to not really know what was going on, I think. I really don't fault her for that, you know, um, but yeah, I feel I, like I, she kind of, I don't know, they, they were loaded, like they were okay. loaded. Yes. And I, but I do feel like on top of what you're saying about the time period, you also add on sometimes like the, um, ideology of Christian values where you right. don't question your husband and you do as right. he says. And I really do think that she felt that she was this vessel of a voice yeah, to, to help others. And I, I think she genuinely wanted to, and I don't think she questioned what was around her. I think she put all of her faith and trust in Jim as a lovely, loving Catholic wife, Christian wife should, you know, yeah. which is her whole thing. She really is when you watch her just like, could not be any sweeter. Like right. I can't even imagine. I don't even get a vibe from her that she's doing wrong. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really, think I think, kind of, yeah, not, I think in a, her mind, um, if her husband, you know, she married a husband who's a Christian man. And so I think she believes that her husband is adhering to certain Christian values, which would be like not doing deceptive things or fraud or stealing, you know, basic mm-hmm. Christian values. So I think she just assumed everyone was like her as far as, um, morality um because mm-hmm. she really just she really did just want to sing christian songs that's yeah. all she really wanted <laughs> and, to and do lift, and lift people up and like and love mm-hmm. people and like and i i really loved how she stood up for herself mm-hmm. in front of other men um during that time mm-hmm. and i really love how she led with love mm-hmm. uh when she was at the table having dinner with the other preachers mm-hmm. on the other networks um and they kind of were had a really bad attitude and were involved in politics. Like she stood up at the table and was like, well, I love everybody. Yeah. You know, and and that wasn't they really weren't preaching in a, in a positive way. And it was just yeah. really nice to see that and see how pure she was. But OK, let's talk about um, her the, the big turning point uh-huh. for her. Uh-huh. All right. So she is pregnant, about to have her husband's baby. Uh-huh. And she can she she kind of knows that he like messes around with men mm-hmm. and she's recording in the recording studio and this man that is recording her music is so fucking hot yeah. he is so <laughs> hot I mean Trevor yeah. watched it with me and we were both just like talking about him and then I I got down I was like and he's wearing a turquoise ring like oh my god like he is that kind of guy he's like Keanu Reeves yeah rugged yeah, yeah just 
and he appreciates her. Mm-hmm. He sees the divine feminine woman in her. <laughs> he uh, he is ready to like give it to this woman while she's like nine months pregnant. And she ends up her water breaks, and he goes to the hospital with her. And her husband Jim Baker, when he finds all this out, is not having it, and basically like. Free Britney conservatorship her. Like, she basically was in that kind of situation, too, mm-hmm. which is another point I wanted to make about, like, women in Hollywood, like, long before even what we're getting into now, that is such a theme where they right. just put them on a, a cocktail of drugs. So poor Tammy Faye is yeah. just strung out every day, but all she wants to do is sing for the Lord. So she is just taking more and more medication. And like we said, she's a very trusting Christian woman. So finally someone says to her like, Tammy, those are really addictive pills you're on. And she's like, Oh, okay, well I'll stop. So she just stops taking them one day, but yeah, she never got to see the hot man with the turquoise ring again. And she stayed married to Jim and then he ended up. What made me mad is he made her go on air and apologize and cry about the affair. But, but Jim had an affair and he never had. Well, and a woman who kept and calling. And a woman, yes. But Jim never had to go on air and apologize for his affair. It's just like classic using the white woman, using her tears for sympathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's it's pretty – it's kind of a sad story. You feel sad for her because at the end – I mean, the end scene with the American flag and stuff. But at the end, I mean, he goes to jail and she – and they lose everything. Mm-hmm. And she is and, – and I, I think I do – feel that she was a victim in this because I I agree. I think her intentions were really, she just wanted to sing for the Lord. Agreed. And I um, went and went on YouTube and watched some appearances Mm -hmm. of hers. And I saw that the RuPaul show had her on because Mm -hmm. RuPaul and her were friends and she was, I love what she did for the gay community Mm -hmm. um, and acceptance. And, you know, he was trying to give her a light of, you know, here's your coming out entrance. And then she also went on the Jerry Springer show and a lot of people were really rude to her and she kind of had to just like be kind and stand her ground. But that's who she is. Like Mm -hmm. she's very nice, even in the face of adversity. And she's basically like, I didn't know, but okay, here is something that I, I didn't think that the movie was really that great. I also thought the prosthetics were interesting, but we can get into that in a second. Um, But did you put together that the man that was contracted to build the theme park? So this this legacy got so big. They had their own channel on TV. They aired Christian music and sermons 24 hours a day from a satellite, which was like unheard of then. And then they were building like hotels and houses and they were building a freaking theme park like all in the name of the lord whatever that means and so did you gather that the contractor and tammy faye got married no okay so they brought him on jerry springer and it was that man roe or whatever and they and i remember in the movie they show her kind of like and she wasn't really flirting with him. It, I thought it was more just showing her way of like, even at her worst state, she's still like building people up and uplifting them. Mm-hmm. But I guess they were trying to say that they were flirting. I don't know. But the, and it, anyway, they got married. They ended up getting married. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. So she she got divorced from Jim and then she married that guy. Yeah. So I think the last years of her life, I hope, were just like oh, really were lovely pro- with yeah. that. 
They yeah. Were- so I, I did listen to um, the True Crime Obsessed podcast. Mm-hmm. They covered, there was a movie made a while ago, um, maybe like back in 2007 about Tammy Faye. I couldn't rent it. Um, it was unavailable, but I listened to their podcast and they covered the, the movie mm-hmm. and they were saying that Tammy would buy her makeup at swap meets. Where, like, that's almost like if you're on Facebook and you're just like, hey, I used this eyeshadow once or something, like, do you want to buy it? Like, how Tammy Faye did not get a bacterial infection from all of this makeup that she was, like, loading on her face. And then later in age, she was getting it tattooed on Mm -hmm. and she just, she looked like something Mm -hmm. later in life, (laughs) later in Mm -hmm. life. The really stark silver under the brow bone (gasps) i loved it It, it's almost like it's not even like a highlight at that point it's like a main main star in the show that's where i thought like the movie got a little ridiculous with the prosthetics and the makeup because Mm -hmm. like they were really going for that which i loved to watch because it was comical but like it kind of was comical like Mm -hmm. i know her look was a lot but she really like she she thought like you know what I mean she was trying in a way that she thought it looked good and it wasn't like that pronounced like this looked like a shooting like star galaxy was coming out of her eyebrows underneath I don't know I'm googling her right now and her real pictures I don't know she I think she was that extreme I think she was I mean okay her lashes are crazy (laughs) I know once you start seeing pictures of her at the end of her life too it gets very much like oh god yeah Tammy I and it makes me it makes me also wonder what I'm gonna look like as a crazy old lady with my makeup too I can't wait cannot no you won't look like that trust me I would never let you we're all gonna be in this together oh the one thing I did want to say too was that she preferred Maybelline mascara and I just feel like that's so classic because I feel like Dolly Parton said the same thing that she everyone I know that gets those spider lashes Uh like historically and this is not even shade they are using that and they always say I build it up I build it up I put on a million layers they Freaking love it. I they love it. I love that Maybelline mascara. Classic. Classic. Yes. So well, funny. I did um, talk to my client today, and she's from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where their church was based out of. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just mentioned that we were talking about what we did over Thanksgiving, and I mentioned that I watched that movie. And she said, oh, my God, I would see Tammy Faye all the time at the local Belk buying makeup. Oh, so so it's good to see that she upgraded to buying department store <laughs> from makeup, the swap meets fr- from the swap meets started <laughs> from the bottom now we here have you ever bought you. used makeup like off macari or poshmark or anything no i have not mm. i have bought like tj maxx makeup before right. but i've never um bought anything from any of those it boggles my mind the things that people will sell on like facebook marketplace and stuff i don't know yeah i'm too i would be way too scared to buy used makeup like that's just bacteria and infection there's very few yeah. things i will buy used mostly just clothing because i can just bleach it but, yeah yeah but things to go near my like mucus membranes like n- no thank you no, absolutely not. Yeah, I wouldn't chance it. I mean, I've definitely bought makeup from Nordstrom Rack, things like that. Me but... too. And then when I look at the Nordstrom Rack, like half the time, just because I know shades and colors, I'm like, I know Mac discontinued this. Mm-hmm. So this has just been sitting there. Oh, I also wanted to say beauty wise that um, I had watched a video 
about REM Beauty, which is Ariana Grande's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's owned by Forma Cosmetics, which is which owns Morph. So um, oh. it was just someone that reviews makeup. Her name is Jen Loves, but she gives really sincere, honest reviews. And she was just saying that she won't be reviewing REM Beauty because she was having a lot of problems with the customer service, which is what you hear a lot with, um, you know, Morphe products and basically the whole company. Like, they never have their shit together. And they told her that she couldn't like change out her order or something and she was like well by the time I get it it would be like December 15th and she was like and everybody else is done press for this product can I just cancel my order and they were like we don't know probably not <laughs> like maybe we'll let you know like just very weird as a company if you care about that kind of stuff it's uh, probably like uh... not best to keep them in and it's kind of just like disappointing that you know, I was yeah. really having good hopes for Ariana's line. I really like her as an artist. We've all grown up with her, but I just feel like when I saw the products, I was already very underwhelmed. I loved the marketing. I thought that was so cool. Mm -hmm. um, but just knowing she kind of just went for just another Morphe, quick, cheap makeup situation is annoying. Yeah, I um, I was going to say I watch Jen Loves, too, um mm. and I like her and she's from Maryland, right? Doesn't she? What? Live? I didn't yeah. know. It's actually my first video from her, but oh. I was very impressed. I was like, I need to follow her. Yeah, yeah I did not know that. No, she's like us. She does research. She like like deep I research. Be friends. Yeah, but she um, she lives in Maryland. I don't know where in Maryland because I never really recognize anything like that. But I do I do know she's from Maryland because I've seen like. Maryland flags and stuff like that. And she's mentioned it a few times. I feel like I want to say she's more, more West than where we're from. Not like all the way West, but. Um. By the way, when I was in Maryland, I, um, I drove past your house. Oh, really? Cute. And showed my boyfriend. Cute. And, like, and I was like, Kelso. Kelso. He's still there. <laughs> Hashtag For those Kelso. of you that don't know, Kelsey has been Kelso to me since middle school. It was a middle school name. She retired it after high school, but she did allow only me to keep calling her that for a little while longer. But I've finally gotten it together and call her Kelsey, but she will always be Kelso to me. That's funny. <laughs> that 70s show is very popular when we were in middle school. So everyone called me Kelso in like middle school. And Lauren decided, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. And you, you know. just always were Kelso to me. I didn't even like equate it with that '70s show. Like it, it's just you. Like just it's me. just who you are. <laughs> yeah, that that's funny. Um, that's cute. So you were in our hometown. You did, or you did a yeah, little drive through. My, my dad lives in Arnold, and oh, okay. my dad, um, my dad's gym is um right, uh, not right across, but you pass Serena Park High School to get to it. It's at mm. um the Safeway on where Benfield is. Where oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep, he's right there. Yeah. Do you do the thing that I do when I go back home, which is, oh, that's new. Oh, that's new. That wasn't there. Oh, oh that's constantly. New. <laughs> and Trevor and I, Trevor is actually like from around that area too, like the Cape St. Mm -hmm. Clair area. So it's kind of fun because we know, like, we know what each other is talking about. You yeah, know, yeah, we're yeah. like, we're like, yeah, yeah, that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I used to yeah. go there. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, it's funny because I, 
so I experienced that now, but kind of flip side with my husband because he's lived in Broward County, the Fort Lauderdale area, his whole life, his whole life. He's lived in Broward County. So he would be like, oh, we used to go back there and we did acid back there. And like he he's been all over this town. So it's funny. Yeah, we were even um, up by we went a lot of places because we were even in like the Towson area, which is Mm. where I used to like have my house before everything like my breakup happened. And that's where my hair school was. And we drove past my hair school too it was like it was a nice nostalgic visit oh where did you go to hair school so I went to the Robert Paul Academy right we've talked about this yeah they um they unfortunately had to shut their doors down due to 2020 yeah well that happened to I had a really good education there well that's nice that happened to a lot of beauty schools actually beauty school is rough it's tough it is and it, it I only say that because it was really sad because I took going to beauty school really seriously because I had already gone to college and I was like I'm actually going to research beauty schools when I didn't really research college and um, I went and toured a bunch of them and not all beauty schools are the same some of them were really really bad and um, this school was amazing and they taught me so much and the curriculum was really good and it it wasn't one um, even though they had government funding it it was like they only have one of these schools so Mm. you know it's kind of like taught by people that are in the industry and yeah, they know what's going I, on. It was really nice. I feel really bad for people looking at beauty schools right now because I hear what the admissions people tell you versus what I know your experience will be. And it's, my God, it's so different. Like I will yeah. say, there is that struggle. I'm like, beauty yeah. school wasn't easy, and I you hate every second of it yeah. while you're in there. Oh, but yeah. it, but when I look back, I'm like. Well, compared to the one school that I went yeah. to that it was like so brightly lit, I felt like it looked like an insane asylum and yeah. nobody was talking and like, yeah. I'm like, are people even learning here? Like you can, yeah, it's just, yeah. oh, I was lucky to go there and I'm sad that they closed because they did a really good job. And yeah. I know they, they educated a lot of great stylists too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I work, mm-hmm. my first um, aesthetics educator job was at a really prominent beauty school. And I'm just going to share this just in case anyone who is listening to this might be considering beauty school. Cause this is kind of the reality of it. So the first one I worked at was, it's probably like the most notorious in this area for being like the most prestigious. And mm-hmm. when I got there, my classroom was a cement wall built. <laughs> I was in cement walls. Mm-hmm. So my parents would be like, are you teaching in prison? Yeah. And, they're not nice. And like- because it was so, so corporate they hadn't updated the curriculum in years and this mm. industry is changing so fast that it just it, it almost became irrelevant and there they were hiring students to become teachers so uh. the students would graduate and then they would become teachers and i had a big like moral problem with that because mm-hmm. I know for me paying money like when I went to school the lady who taught me she'd been an esthetician for like 15 maybe 20 years mm-hmm. and she had done everything and then for me wanting to be an educator I always said to myself I'm gonna get at least five years of experience before I go and teach because I need to know this industry and I've done everything from working for benefit to booth running to working in resorts like I've done it all and my current job now is not the most pre- pre- 
prestigious school. <laughs> um, it's definitely one of like the mid tier, I would even say lower tier, like more cost effective. Um, but for me, they, as a, an employee there, they required me to have at least three years of aesthetics experience. And I also had to do a teaching demo or presentation um, to actually prove I could teach. When I worked at the more prestigious school, they interviewed me and hired me and didn't even make sure I could teach. So yeah, and sometimes <laughs> that prestigious is just because it's a bigger, more corporate name. Right. And that's where it shows you like, yeah, it all gets lost in translation right. and it's not always the best. Yeah. Right. right. So I'm very happy at my school now. And like, I know it's not the most prestigious, but what I always also tell the students is like, it has so much to do with your educator and your attitude. If you mm-hmm. show up, wanting to learn your educator will sit there and teach you all day and if you show up not wanting to learn uh, the educator's just gonna give you back that same energy and mm-hmm. so that makes a big difference too um and the other thing these schools do is they will enroll students without having an actual educator um employed for maybe mm-hmm. what they're... Because it's just about money and numbers, mm-hmm. yeah. So these are just some tips and tricks from people who've been in the industry and from me who works in beauty school. So mm-hmm. that, we, yeah. should, we could do a whole episode on beauty school. Let me tell you. I was going to say you. we could do one on that and we could also do how to pick like your artist, you know, for like hair, makeup or anything because Ugh. especially like yeah. makeup, like there is no regulation for makeup there. Yeah. You can go to school, but there's no like license for it. Mm-hmm. So so many people are just all willy-nilly. I think in like, California, you have to be certified. I feel like California, that, yeah. you do. But like, for example, in Florida, no certification, licensing, or training is required at all Yeah, to do makeup. So, I mean, this person, you're trusting that they know about sanitation and that they know about safety um, and, you know, let alone talent and skill and things like that. You're- I was going to say, and like on top of it, the talent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. People always ask me, how do you pick, like, how do you pick your makeup artist or esthetician or things like that? Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. We totally right, should. Added. Um, do you want to talk about toner or do you have anything else to talk about with Tammy Faye? Should we- I am ready to listen to you talk about okay. some toner. All right, I'll, t- I'll tell you all about toner. Okay. <laughs> so today's topic is, do you need a toner? Um, and I had been kind of talking about this one, maybe teasing this one for a little while, because it is a really common question I get next to, so the most common question I get is what cleanser I should be using, um, uh-huh. which we did already answer that one. So then the next question is, do I need a toner? And the short answer is probably not. So toners are sort of an older product that we used to need for three reasons. Um, number one, the soap we had in for facial cleansers was very alkaline and our skin is acidic. So our skin hangs out around 4.5 to 5 and cleanser it used to be around like 8 or 9. So if you remember your pH scale from 7th grade chemistry class, um, that is taking your skin pretty far um, up that pH scale. So toner used to be important to balance back the pH of our skin. It was a step we needed to bring back that um, alkaline or that acidic pH for our skin. 
Um, toner, number two, toner used to also provide an extra step to make sure all residue was removed from the skin. Um, and this was before we had maybe makeup removers, oil cleansers, or pre-cleansers. And number three, toners um, were used to be very strong astringents. Uh, think Seabreeze. Lauren, have you ever used Seabreeze? Oh, yeah. I wanted to say, too, we'll get back on topic, but Seabreeze always makes me feel very nostalgic for growing up working in hair salons mm. all the time because when a client has black hair dye on their mm. skin and they're at the color bowl, we are told to take the Seabreeze and put it on a cotton round and scrub around their hairline, which should tell you about how strong of a <laughs> chemical it is that it's getting permanent hair molecules off of the skin. <laughs> yeah, Seabreeze sea breeze is that classic, like, um, I think of Home Alone where he puts on aftershave on his face yeah. and then screams. That is what Seabreeze feels like. It's very, and very it's strong. It's what it smells like, too. It's, yeah. it, you'll know it. It's so pungent. Yeah, it, smells like, it smells like mouthwash or something. Like, I yeah, yeah. But, but, but like a chloroform mouthwash yeah. that will like knock, <laughs> knock everyone in a five-foot vicinity out. Like yeah, for sure. So it's funny. When I used to work at Clinique, um, Clinique has a, a quote-unquote toner, but it, it's basically alcohol but it yeah. used to be back in the day acetone acetone was what mm. they used mm. the same stuff we use on our fingernails mm. wow yeah so um this astringent was used to remove all oil from the skin this was back when the theory was we needed everything to be oil free and we needed to get rid of all oil from the skin um, and so that was the purpose of that. So, n however, now our cleansers are a lot more pH balanced, and we know that astringent like that overstrips the skin. So do you need to use a toner currently? Again, that depends. Toners bring a lot of dish an additional benefits, but they aren't always necessary. So I want to talk about how we use toners in aesthetics because as an esthetician, when I am performing a facial, I pretty much use toner after every step. I cleanse and tone and exfoliate and tone and massage and tone and mask and tone. And the reason I do this is sort of as a reset between each step like a palate cleanser. I'm removing any residue, any products left on the skin, but also dampening the skin so it's ready to receive that next step. Damp and hydrated skin receives product a lot better, allowing it to penetrate the skin better. Um, Please see our hydrating mist episode. <laughs> um, estheticians also use toners to calm the skin down after exfoliation or if there's an unexpected reaction. Um, most of the toners I use in the treatment room are going to be like a calming or soothing type toner. My personal favorite, um, which we're going to link all of the products that I recommend, but um, is the Dermalogica Ultra Calming Mist. Um, this one is so soothing. I love to have it on hand. And um, just in case a client has a reaction or even after just regular exfoliation because it just instantly calms the skin. Um, and then I also like to use a BHA toner after extractions to kill any leftover bacteria on the skin. So let's translate this to at home use. So toner can be a great way to provide your skin with extra hydration or water. If you're struggling with dryness and you feel like no matter how much moisturizer you're adding to the skin, you just can't get um, moisturize it enough, try adding a hydrating toner to your routine. Sometimes you're lacking that water. 
Um, also, if you're experiencing irritation or sensitivity, especially I know at, at wintertime when I lived up north, my skin used to get so sensitive from winter skin. So those sensitive, um, calming skin toners can really help reduce irritation. Um, I love K-Beauty for toners. I love them for calming toners. I love them for pretty much all toners. I think if you're going to do a toner, K-Beauty is a really good place to go because you're going to get good ingredients and it's going to be cost effective as well. We love K-Beauty. We do. We have a whole episode on K-Beauty. We really do. (laughs) I mean, it comes back every episode and it blows my mind that like every day I'm reminded in all these like random Facebook skin Mm -hmm. groups that I'm in that like no one even knows about it and it's not even an option for some people because people are so used to like direct target marketed ads and like they think that's what they should be using. And I'm like, no, like it's a thing. Yeah. Or when they think Korean beauty, they automatically go to China and it's, and it's like, no, no, no. Or like, or not even, um, China, like those cheap Amazon products that are like really inexpensive and weird and you can't read it. It's like, no, there's a whole other world. We got to get you there. There's a whole other country mm-hmm. <laughs> known as Korea. They have great skincare. Let us tell you yes, about they it. Do. Um, so the last thing, oh, I'm going to link all of the toners that I recommend. I'm going to have them linked on our website, um, beautyguidespodcast.com and just go to our episodes page and find this episode and you'll find the ones I recommend. Um, mm-hmm. So toner can fire you with exfoliating or acne fighting benefits. An example of this is the Paula's Choice BHA toner. And also, if you feel like you do have any residue on the skin after cleansing or maybe masking, toner is a great way to remove that. No problem at all. So the other question I get is, does toner need to be used in a specific way? Um, This is really more preference. Some people prefer toner in a mist, like spraying the face directly, like a hydrating mist, while some people prefer prefer dampening a cotton round. Some people prefer putting it onto the hands and patting it directly into the skin. Um, I would say that's your preference. Um, However, I would suggest exfoliating toners, so any of your acid toners, that you probably want to put them on a cotton pad and sweep them over the skin just to assist in dead skin removal. Um, I use bamboo reusable cotton pads. I've got them off uh, Amazon and I will link them to you guys um, if you are concerned about waste. Um, The last thing or the next thing I want to talk about is... Oh, but also like don't knock it till you try it. Just putting the toner like completely on your hands and patting it in your face. I felt like I, you know, people just don't think to do that or like they're like, that's probably the lazy way, but it's really nice and refreshing. Give yourself a little slap too. It just kind of (laughs) wakes you up a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it might be nice in the morning, you know. Yeah, yeah. But also, shouldn't you be using your BHA at night, your actives? Um, you can use BHA. So BHA is one that you can use during the day because BHA is more targeting oil. And BHAs oh. are going to go into the pore to dissolve oil. So BHA, I'm actually okay with you using during the day. You just don't want to mix it if you're going to be using your vitamin C because they don't play well okay. together. Oh, okay, okay. Good yeah. to know, good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is witch hazel. Okay. So please don't, 
Please don't with the witch hazel toner. So witch hazel has a um, component to it known as tannin. This is a chemical compound found in fruits, teas, and vegetables. It's what makes um, red wine bitter. Um, Tannins are great for removing oil, but that's not always great for the skin. Our skin needs oil to remain healthy and strong. You have this layer of dead skin and oil on the surface of your skin that's known as a moisture barrier. So a health Healthy and strong moisture barrier is the key to happy skin. And so when I talk about overstripping the skin or stripping the skin, I'm referring to stripping this moisture barrier. So when you're using straight witch hazel, you are stripping the skin, removing excess and necessary oil. This is why I'll never recommend witch hazel toners. Um, The example of this is like that Thayer's toner, that Thayer's witch hazel you see everywhere. Oh my God, it is everywhere. Everyone's Mm -hmm. always telling you to use it Mm -hmm. and you're saying, don't do it. No. Now you'll, if you look at your toners of like the ones I recommend, you may see witch hazel as an ingredient and that's totally fine because it's diluted and mixed with Uh other ingredients. A little bit of witch hazel is okay. Witch hazel, um, again, is a nice for removing that, um, excess oil. It's just when you're using straight undiluted Thayer's witch hazel, that's when you risk stripping your skin. And if you're struggling with oiliness, when you use something like this to remove all the oil from your skin, your skin will compensate for that and actually produce more oil. So it becomes, yeah, it becomes like a vicious circle. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you are wanting a toner for excess oil, I do recommend going with a BHA exfoliating toner. So my final thoughts, um, toners can add hydration, exfoliating, or soothing benefits to the skin, but not everyone requires these steps. There's nothing wrong if you're using a toner. However, if you don't want to use a toner um, or know you won't use one, it's not a necessary step in your routine. Go ahead and skip it. I see toners like eye cream. It's fine if you want to or not. Woohoo! That was great, Kelsey. I feel like I learned so much. I'm also thinking, um, if my friend Corinne is listening, I saw um, the Thayer's witch hazel in your makeup bag when we were at Chris- <laughs> when we were at Christine's bachelorette party, and I'm telling you to throw it away right now. Hey, Corinne, <laughs> this is your call out. Throw Corinne. it out. <laughs> Corinne, please go to beautyguidespodcast.com and select one of our recommended toners. Yes, because she she listens and she uses Misha and she's she's does a lot of good things to her okay. skin. So we want we want to keep it happy. Look, look, Corinne, I'll share some embarrassing <laughs> things with you. When I started aesthetic school, I was scrubbing my face every day with Clean and Clear Morning Burst, Dude. whatever, whatever. Um, let's talk about my Clarisonic phase. Like <laughs> I get triggered by that. And the thing is like, we, t- we have said a lot in this podcast, how a lot of our job is sometimes just keeping our mouth shut mm-hmm. at times. And that can be really hard. And I can't t- even begin to tell you how many people like want me to pat them on the back. And they're like, yeah, I just started using a Clarisonic. And I'm just like, uh, I know you're going to be mad if I say don't use it because it is like, oh, it's a lot of money mm-hmm. to spend on a product. And then I'm just like, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad for you. I ruined my moisture barrier with a Mm -hmm. Clarisonic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because people, they don't keep them clean. They use them every day. Uh I mean, Clarisonic has gone out of business. That's how yes. that's how not good they are. <laughs> and people are still like it's because they can get them on sale now. That's yeah. why they've made a resurgence. And that's really scary. Yeah, for real. 
Um, so Lauren, tell me what made you happy these past few weeks. Yeah, my friend Christine got married and I went back to Maryland and I got to hang out with a lot of, you know, people that I really like and it was awesome to see Christine as a wifey now. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Christine. Yes. What made you happy? Um, so um, November, I have been seeing a lot of my students graduate and it's been just really bittersweet, but I'm super happy for them watching them like finish. This is a long program that they're in. They're in a um, it's almost a thousand hours. It's nine hundred and seventy five hours. So that's a big commitment. It takes them about a year to finish the program, a little short of a year. And Mm -hmm. to see them, you know, finish this step and then enter the world and they're all scared and they're nervous and they are questioning everything. And did I make the right decision? And and I remember all of those feelings. I remember being ready to be done, but also so excited Mm -hmm. to just get out there and be done with school. Um, And so all of my students, I know a lot of you listen. Um, If you graduated in November, you know who you are. I'm very proud of you and I miss you already. And but I'm really excited to see you you too, because it's a really big deal. And it's not an easy program like it. Not only it's not it's very hard to explain what hair school or aesthetic school is like unless you go through it. But it's like you're usually at a place in your life where you're trying to work on top of going to school. Yeah. There's a lot of personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone is contributing to a good environment mm-hmm. around you. We're going through shit in our personal life, you know, on top of trying to go to school. Oh my God. I was literally going through my breakup of being with someone for like six years, like towards my last couple months of hair school. Yeah. And like, I changed. (laughs) I was not an okay person. So yeah, I, I know how hard that is and Mm -hmm. the mental toll that that takes on you. So congratulations. That's amazing. You made it. You Mm -hmm. did it. We're so proud of you. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all for our episode today. Um, if you guys have any questions, things you want us to talk about, if you're going to purchase any of these toners, Corinne, we're looking at you. (laughs) Um, let us know, send us pictures of the stuff you bought. We always love hearing from you guys, seeing what you buy. Um, oh, Caitlin, Caitlin, um, tagged me or she sent me a picture. She got a Maybelline Superstay. Um, yeah, I know the best lipstick. We love that lipstick. So we love seeing stuff like that guys. Um, also if you want to check out any of our previous episodes or, you know, purchase anything we talk about or see the products we do recommend, we do post all of these on our website, which is beautyguidespodcast.com, a whole ass website. Um, Lauren is posting cool stuff on our TikTok. Oh, Lauren, I saw you have your own TikTok now too. Welcome. I've been, I've been keeping it a secret since <laughs> I did it the day that I made the beauty guys one. And you know, I just was like, just keeping it there. But yeah, I do have my own. I just yeah, posted wa- a video of me waxing my nose hairs on our TikTok. I so know. You- I need to do that. You- I have the hairiest nose. Like you- I've never waxed my nose hair. I'm so terrified to do it, but I need... You make me want to do it. Oh, it is not recommended. You need your nose hairs. Those are your COVID catchers, but I just can't. Well, that's how I feel. I know it's really bad, but I just feel like I'm I'm very, I'm one of those people that's like, I'm not extremely emotionally connected to my features and my, (laughs) I think more of like safety and evolution. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, like, it's fine. Like, if you don't think I'm sexy because of my nose hairs, like, I'm sorry that I'm surviving like (laughs) i'm just living in this pandemic (laughs) you know to me that's hot like yeah (laughs) i'm alive in this bitch (laughs) so so that is all the content you guys are missing out on by not going to our tiktok which is me waxing my
my nose hairs. Um, oh, I did want to ask you oh. too. We can talk about it here. Do you want to make it an our own episode, or do you want to talk about it at the beginning of next episode? Because you said you wanted to discuss my glam for the weekend yes. of the wedding, and I was thinking of how to organize that, and we could talk about how, it's like, if you're going away for a weekend, like how to properly. Yes. plan out no. like a look so you look like you're glam and good but you can transition quickly okay so I'm gonna request a whole episode let me explain yes! this guys I was hoping so Lauren <laughs> the wedding that she went to she was not only a guest but she was working so she had mm-hmm. to look good for the wedding but also make sure other people look good and I have and go to the rehearsal dinner the night before yes. travel with everything so like I didn't have my full closet or like the confidence and that it was a lot but like I love to plan stuff like that in my head so it was like to a t like i could tell you what i did it was all so calculated i I am ready for it tell us i can't wait to hear i'm so excited all right cool so thanks guys thanks for listening and we'll talk to you in a few weeks two weeks bye you